Standing here now, I can tell you that whatever can be called good 
gift of God to the greatest of sinners, whose personal darkness, by all accounts, should have swallowed him alive. But the gift of new life was no general abstract thing. It had a shape, and the shape of grace was this church, and specifically its people, and even more specifically, our bishop. There's a sort of shock that naturally arises when we state it so simply, but I've had a lot of time to think about it. It is here, here, in this room, my greatest sorrows met peace of God. My broken heart began to mend. And where I continue to become a man who is shaped by community-shaped grace in liturgy-shaped worship. I owe a debt to this church and to all of you who worked and prayed and gave to make it a place where I could again find God and hope and a people. To all of you who did your part with faithfulness, you saved my life, and I am grateful. I'm mindful that there are many who did not know this part of my story. Some of us have worshipped and prayed and served together for years without knowing all the bends and turns and the paths along which our Father in Heaven has brought us. What's more, I know that there are many, many more stories in this place right now of change and healing and growth. This place has been a house of God for many years. And the simple life of prayer that is the constant heartbeat of this place is what has made it so. And God has blessed us through this place. But this is how God acts. God meets us in the grand things for sure, but also here in the small things. The smile of a fellow parishioner. The way the light hits the altar in certain seasons. A sentence or two from a sermon that changed how we came to know God. The list goes on, and all of them have been graces. The question we are left with, with such overwhelming grace, is this. How do we respond to these graces that we have received? And the answer is gratitude. It was G.K. Chesterton who said that thanks are the highest form of thought. That gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. It's one thing to experience a gift, but that experience is not complete until it culminates in the only participation that is proper for a gift receiver, not a repayment, because that makes the whole matter a transaction and not a gift. But instead, it is gratitude. Thanks must never become a means of trying to fulfill a debt. Because gifting doesn't operate in terms of debt and restitution, but rather out of givenness and delight. Thanks is not a bill or a tax or a contribution. Thanks that arise from gratitude perpetuate the joy of gifts given by delighting in the gift and the giver and in the givenness of the giving. It is happiness experienced and reflected and magnified. 
This is the culmination of all Christian disciplines, to live a life of gratitude. God, the giver of all good gifts, gives not out of any need than that he delights to give. And we participate in him as giver when we reflectively offer thanks to him. We then extend this delight through the honor of imitation by giving to one another in the freedom of gifting. All that we do as Christians comes down to this, to delight in God's gracious gifts and to go and do likewise. Lives of gratitude acknowledge all of life as a gift from God. Lives of gratitude seek out ways to give life to others. This will ultimately be the way of things in the kingdom of heaven, when all scarcity and mortality and deficiency are done away. All that will remain is this grace of gift and gratitude. By practicing this life now, we grow more and more fit for lives in that kingdom to which we are destined. We are formed in this life in the church through our participation in the Eucharist. We acknowledge the gifts of God to support our lives, the produce of the earth, of grain and grapes, and the creativity that we've been given to make it into such wondrous things as bread and wine. In our acknowledgement, we offer these gifts back to God with thanksgiving magnifying him as the giver through our grateful participation in the giving. But then God gives back again in greater measure by giving us in this bread and wine that we have offered back the body and blood of his Son to sustain us to everlasting life. In short, what we learn is that gift and gratitude engender by God's grace an ever-intensifying experience of grace in our lives by which and through which we are transformed more and more into children of God and citizens of Christ's kingdom. The church is thus a training ground and a home that homes and nurtures the lives that have been opened to us by the goodwill of God and that we will live out forever in his kingdom. For this reason, Giving in the context of the church is not the same activity as giving to a charity or a nonprofit. We do not give to the church because it does good in the world. We give to the church because we must put on lives of gratitude. We give time because that is the temporal dimension of a life of gratitude. We give service because that is the practical dimension of a life of gratitude. And we give money because it is the financial dimension of a life of gratitude. Giving of any sort that steps out of this life of gratitude ends up being sub-Christian, because it misses out on the grace of gratitude. We give time, talent, and treasure, because doing so orders us more completely as what we are, children of God and servants of the King. And so we must tithe. Do not experience grace in a spaceless way, but rather in place and time 
and among people. It's then fitting that our gracious response to participation and participation with grace should follow suit in place and time and among a people. Our work and prayer and giving is this participation. Our tithe is the financial dimension of our life of self-giving. As such, if this is the place in which we have known and been cultivated in the Christian life, the place in which grace has met us in place and time and among a people, then our gratitude is to be cultivated here and now and together. If this is not our place and time and people, then we need to seek them out and find them and start giving. Because a lack of grateful self-giving in all dimensions, including our financial, is a peril to the health of our souls, and a peril to our participation in the kingdom. Giving as a discipline to the end of growing in gratitude is nothing less than growth in the arch virtue of the Christian life. It is paramount and necessary for the health and growth of saints. We must give, not as repayment for services rendered, but as participation in the life of gratitude that is incarnated in the parish, that I and so many of us have known in this parish, and that is ultimately that good air of that eternal kingdom, our home and our peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.